Delegating is really hard. I really like to trust people. And I think that in a lot of cases, I probably over-trusted in terms of, here's this new thing I want to do, go do it. And often that was my delegation instead of, here are all the systems I created for it. Like I tested X, Y, and Z. Why don't you try A, B, and C from X, Y, and Z? The tactics is different than the delegation of the strategy for that thing. And often I would delegate like both of those things. Like, here's this thing. I think we could go experiment with this and see if it'll work. And then if it does, go do it more. And if it doesn't, stop it. And in my mind, I was like, they'll, of course, they'll be able to pick that up. But I think that that was probably delegating too much, either too much or just like not a concrete idea to people. If you're stuck growing your WordPress product business, it's time to level up to Freemius at freemius.com. Freemius is a complete platform for WordPress product owners to sell, grow, and build a completely sustainable software business. You probably already know how competitive the WordPress ecosystem is these days. Building it and waiting for your customers is not an option. Freemius knows how hard it is for WordPress product founders to grow their business. They've developed the tools, software, and most importantly, the Content Plus community to help you get more sales. With a team of monetization experts, you're picking Freemius for success, not just for your product license keys and auto updates. If you need help growing your WordPress business, visit freemius.com. That's freemius.com. Thanks for supporting the show. This episode is brought to you by Accessibility Checker Pro Plugin. Save 10% on your purchase using code MATREPORT at EqualizeDigital.com. That's EqualizeDigital.com if you're developing WordPress websites. Chances are you know how important website accessibility is. But if you're like me, you don't know where to begin, or you don't know if you have all of the most up-to-date standards in your tool belt. Equalize Digital has created Accessibility Checker Plugin, which you can download for free in the WordPress repo. It helps you build a bird's eye view of how you can improve accessibility of a website you're working on. Upgrade to Accessibility Checker Pro for WooCommerce support, custom post types, centralized logging, and more. Download Accessibility Checker for free or visit equalizedigital.com for more information on the pro version and use code MATREPORT to save 10% off Accessibility Checker Pro. That's Accessibility Checker Pro at equalizedigital.com. What does the word entrepreneur mean anymore to you? I think there's that slightly jaded view of the TechCrunch disrupt vision of days gone by, building a unicorn, changing the world, buying that Porsche you always wanted. It's about the end game we so cleverly convince ourselves of. However, some of the best business builders are doing it because they're naive. Wait a minute. Hold on. Naive? Hold that thought for a second. Not in a bad way but in the way that I'm guilty of, and maybe you are too. We set out not knowing that roller coaster ride is going to tip us upside down, spin us in a 360, and do it at speeds in excess of 100 miles an hour. If we thought the ride was going to be anything but gentle, maybe we would have never bought the ticket in the first place. Entrepreneurs are both lucky and crazy. Joe Howard founded WP Buffs and grew it to a point where it just wasn't for him anymore. He put a CEO in place, holds majority ownership, but he barely thinks about the business. He's off building another product called Driftly at driftly.app. This might have been one of my favorite interviews ever. Let me know what you think by sharing on social media or buying me a digital coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Report. Here's my interview with Joe Howard and what he's up to now. We all walked into the collective closet of WordPress, finding our way in, we flicked the light on and suddenly Joe wasn't there. <laughs> 
<laughs> Joe tweeted that Joe was building a new app. And I'm just sitting there scrolling. If they had my feet up on the coffee table. And I was like, wait a minute. What is this? One, I was perplexed <laughs> that Joe was tweeting. Two, Joe was tweeting about this thing called the Driftly app. Driftly dot app. D-R-I-F-T-L-Y dot app. It's this new product that you're working on. And we're going to talk about it today, right? Yeah, we can talk about whatever, Matt. I'm, Maybe. I'm up for whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, that's right. Joe's outside. There's some airplanes flying by. You might hear that, and that's cool with us. Two so, airplanes. You know, we're I'm just south of Air Force Base here, so if you hear a few planes flying over, that's why. You're the founder uh, of WP Buffs. I remember, I won't say who, but I remember talking to somebody, and they were like, we want to acquire a WordPress business. A service business and i was like you know who you should look at the team at wp buffs because they're they're sharp they're doing a lot of things and i think if you're going to acquire one it's doing something like that it's wp buffs you took it your own way i don't know if they ever reached out to you we can talk about that after the show i don't want to name who it was uh on live but <laughs> i'm trying not to doing it anymore right now <laughs> you're not doing it anymore who who's got it who's got the reins nick has the reins one and only Nick Adams. Yeah, some folks may know because there were a few tweets that went out. Maybe no big formal announcement, but yeah. Last fall, six months ago, seven months, eight months, I did step out of the CEO role at WP Buffs. And Nick stepped into that role. Nick was hired onto the company, I think, in like year two of the company. And he's been, you know, he's been like secretly leading the company since he came on. And so it just seemed with my wanting to transition out of the day-to-day -day of the company, well, who's going to transition into my role? Well, probably the person who's actually like a better fit for my role than I am, who is Nick. So yeah, Nick's running running things over at WP Buffs these days. And yeah, I've taken, I've taken my six-month mini retirement, my little hiatus and figuring out what did I want to do next? Did I want to, you know, relax and read sci-fi all day, every day? That was nice for a few months, but uh, I started to get the hankering and wanted to do something else. And I always knew I... I always thought that SaaS would be the next step for me. So yeah, it took a little while to find the right fit and the right situation, but I found that now and yeah, hitting the ground running. So people have been maybe on Twitter have seen like, what is Joe tweeting again? What's he tweeting about? Oh, there's this new thing. This is all happening fast. And I just kind of, I, I make, <laughs> I, I maybe I make those transitions quickly without necessarily informing every party about exactly what's going on, but maybe that's just kind of my style. So yeah, that's what's up. My perception uh, of you is that you're that you're process driven, methodical. There's a plan in place for maybe everything. That's just my perception. Was this in like putting Nick in place? Was this exit something that was like yeah you you were planning all along? This was a thing I want to do. Build the business. Exit at year five, six of WP Buffs. Was that intentional? I'm glad you see me as someone who's super process and systems driven. Well, I'll tell you why. Uh, let me, let me tell you why. I don't think of myself me, like that at all. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you why, yeah, James, yeah. because I emailed you once and it was like, I only respond to emails on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. to 5.15. And then if you don't get a reply from me, you won't get one until Saturday next month. That's, that's more uh, setting up blockers because I'm lazy when it comes to email. So I know if I'm a bad emailer, I'm just going to set those expectations for people at the onset. Like, hey, you emailed me. Maybe you'll get a reply. Maybe you won't. Like, probably better like DM me here, and maybe I'll see it or whatever. Let me let me 
tackle the question about was this intentional? Was I thinking about yeah, this we, for yeah. a while? Was this intentional? It became intentional. My 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 like strength. My strengths lie more in moving quickly, building things fast, testing them quickly, getting feedback. Like moving quickly on things, and as WP Buffs grew into now, what's like a fifty-plus person company, um, like that doesn't work. Like the CEO can't do that as much, and that's one of the big reasons that Nick is running the company now because he is hyper methodical, he is hyper process driven, hyper systems driven, and that's what the company needed to to get. What it, it's what it needs now to get to the next stage of whatever the company is. When I started WP Buffs. I like the idea of not having a boss and I liked the idea of like doing something that I was fully responsible for where no one could tell me like what I, what to work on or what not to work on. I could make those decisions, but I remember when starting, I had just met my then girlfriend, now wife, now mother of my two-year-old. I remember thinking back then, like I in five years, I wanna be able to, I'm gonna marry this woman and I know I wanna, I'm gonna wanna spend time with my son because my dad, when I was very young, he took two years off of his, off of working to be able to spend time with me when I was one, two, going on three. So that always stuck with me. And so I always planned at the beginning of this, yes, like startups are cool, but that's the big reasons I want to do this. And it did come to fruition, which is still, I'm kind of like amazed by, you know, but so that intention was, was there and was built in from the beginning, but I never knew how long I was going to be working on WP Buffs. I think the thought process started to come in ever since Morrison was born, my son was born. I just was never as effective. I was never the CEO I really wanted to be. And I really saw Nick blooming into like, he's got what it takes to like, like I started this company and I was a good CEO when we have 10 people, but I'm a pretty terrible CEO when we're at 40 people or 50 people, maybe not terrible, it's overstating it, but not as effective as someone who's like Nick, like I said, like process driven, systems driven, like really thinking critically about big picture stuff. Like he's got that all. And I just kind of want to go play with something, you know? So do you uh, feel like what's an example? Could you illustrate for the listener of like that friction point, maybe even that I'm not that imposter, maybe it's imposter syndrome too. Did you reach a point where you wanted to do something? And then when you have 30, 40, 50 people that you're responsible for, it's just not as easy to be like, Hey, I want to I want to go into the lab and test out this new thing. And everyone's, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, we got a job to do here, Joe. You hired us to do this thing. We can't now pivot to do this mobile app that you want us to do. Is that fair? What were those points? You are echoing, like, the exact sentiments that were said to me and were kind of reverberating a little bit around the company when I was, you know, the last year or so of me being CEO. I... When you're a bigger company, especially when you have a bigger team, every decision, like your job as CEO is to like make a lot of decisions. Like that was a lot of my role, make the right decisions on some big things and some whatever medium-sized things. But I think that as companies grow and, you know, teams grow, you also can't do as much quickly. It's kind of like this inverse relationship, or maybe it's not inverse, maybe it's just a relationship between like team size and agility. And I'm trying to think of like specific examples, but I just can't think of any right now, but it's exactly what you said. It was like, I wanna do this new thing. Okay, I'm gonna go work on it. And then, but when you're the CEO, you have, when you make a decision like that, it now doesn't just ripple across like your co-founder or one other person, it ripples across like 50 other people. 
and your work reverberates. And also when someone else hears you're working on that, or like, is that important now? Do I have to reprioritize what I'm doing? So I think I just function better as like on a, on a smaller team. Mm-hmm. And that's a big reason I'm working with Jacob, who's my new co-founder, who's, we're on the same page in terms of, before we started working together, we were like, do you want to, are you interested in raising money? He was like, no way. And I was like, me neither. I just want to be like an indie maker and make this cool app. And if it grows, cool. And then a rainbow Uh, appeared and and you guys skipped across the field and it was amazing. That's right. It was that easy. How good were you at delegating responsibility for the leaders in WP Buffs across the departments? Let's say marketing, engineering, support, Customer service, stuff like that. Probably not great. Probably not terrible. Yep. Great answer, Joe. Somewhere, um, somewhere in the middle. In the middle. I, I guess I was okay at it. I think that delegating is really hard. I think I think about, I really like to trust people. And I think that in a lot of cases, I probably over-trusted in terms of, here's this new thing I want to do, go do it. And often that was my delegation instead of here are all the systems I created for it. Like I tested X, Y, and Z. Why don't you try A, B, and C from X, Y, and Z? And I think oftentimes like the delegation of the tactics is different than the delegation of the strategy for that thing. And often I would delegate like both of those things. Like here's this thing. I think we could go experiment with this and see if it'll work. And then if it does, go do it more. And if it doesn't, stop it. And in my mind, I was like, they'll... Of course, they'll be able to pick that up. But I think that that was probably delegating too much, either too much or just like not a concrete idea to people. I thought delegating to someone else is like me delegating to myself. And so, yeah, I think that probably I was not the best delegator, which is, again, why I, you know, I said this already, but Nick is, uh, he has a lot of those skills to be able to manage a a large team as well as manage uh, a leadership team an order of priorities and delegation and it's a big skill needed i think by by ceo so what does a transition period look like from when you accept the fact that look at this size company i'm not it's not me anymore i built it it's not me anymore what does that transition feel like how do you start thinking about and i don't need and transition is probably a bad word because that also means like how did you transition everything to like nick and and the rest of the team but mentally how did you cross the chasm of making the decision to ultimately and we'll i want to explore in a moment did you sell it are you still vested in it etc etc but how did you make that transition mentally in your head to say you know what this isn't for me anymore how did you digest it it kind of happened naturally I could feel, I didn't feel myself being pulled off into any other projects. I know a lot of founders will feel that pull of that side project they're working on and then eventually go into that. I never, I never felt that. I think I felt like, it felt like, you know, we have a, this is like a real company now, you know, we've got a big customer base. We have a lot of team members here working on really cool stuff. And it was like over a two week period where I just like realized I'm not a great CEO of this company and to feel at peace with that like took a couple weeks maybe longer you know it, it, it's a process for sure but within two weeks i probably realized like probably time for me to it's time for something to happen something big has to happen so yeah there were a few things i was considering i was considering selling the company i was considering uh, you know installing a new ceo i think those are my two big thinking points and the 
Nick had been doing such a good job up until then. I like I or I the whole time I knew like I'm probably not going to sell it, sell WP buffs right now. Like why? What are the benefits to doing that? Like one potentially pretty big payout. But WP buffs already does that pretty well for me right now. Maybe not to the extent of a full sale, but like I live a super comfortable life. I'm super happy with with that. And and to answer your other question, yes, I'm still, you know, majority owner of the company. And Nick has, you know, his financial incentives as the, as the CEO of the company as well. And so yeah, it was it it was a process to go through, but it wasn't honestly it felt good when it got started. And that's how I knew I was making the right decisions. I was talking to Nick and asking him, like, hey, do you want to be like CEO of this company? And he was like, oh, my God, are you serious? Oh, this is crazy. You know, and this is, it was, it was you know, a few conversations just to make sure we were on the same page about stuff. But he was always super excited to take the reins. And I knew as soon as I was having those conversations that, like, this is right. And it was also really cool to be able to, Nick was hired as, like, a customer success person. Like, now he's CEO of the company. I, I don't know when last time I heard that story was, and for it all to have happened pretty successfully and honestly pretty seamlessly, like, he was always a rising star. And so for me, it was really cool to see that story come to fruition. Yeah, for myself, but also for him and for the company. Yeah, there you go. Hopefully Let's illustrate the for timeline for a moment. I remember the announcement of the Nick taking CEO role. In my head, I'm thinking, okay, now Joe's going Joe's gonna to do that thing, go into the lab and start, like, creating little beta products for for WP buffs. Matt Mullenweg, I think, at Automatic calls this the other bets division or more <laughs> bets division, right. something like that. Um, <clears throat> surprised it doesn't have an M in it, but the that's what went through my head. Like, oh, Joe's going to go try some cool things. He'll take a sort of set, set back from the day-to-day. Did you do that for a period of time or was that, you know, because you didn't come out and ultimately launch a new product yet, was there a gap, basically? Did you have a gap year, a gap months, where you were doing fun things with WP Buffs? Or are you just, hey, man, you took over and you just started to to decompress? Originally, the plan was for Nick to take over. We had a two or three month transition for Nick to take over day-to-day operations of WP Buffs. I was going to transition to managing everything at WPMRR, which is kind of like under the umbrella of WP Buffs, and also acquisition unit at WP Buffs. So those are going to be kind of like what you're talking about, like my sandboxes to play in. But I, within, you know, a couple months, I kind of realized WP MRR, like the podcast, the community, the virtual summit, I just wasn't, I wasn't as enamored with it as I was when I started it. And so we did decide to sunset everything at WPMRR. So people can still go there and there are like 182 podcast episodes people can listen to. Matt, you know, people can go listen to your episode on there and stuff, but no new episodes. Community is no longer and and uh, virtual summit. We had two good years and, and that's, that's it. Acquisition unit. Honestly, I just realized like Nick is better with this also. <laughs> so Nick manages a lot of that, you know, all that now as well. So I think this kind of speaks a little bit to the larger picture of like my involvement in the WordPress community and the WordPress ecosystem. I don't know if I like officially retired, you know, officially, but you know, I'd probably say I, you know, I've gone the same direction as, uh, as Justin, Justin Ferryman and, and Pippin, who both maybe made more formal announcements. But I think just, I've always known ever since I was, you know, working jobs, you know, I don't, I'm not going to be like my parents who worked their jobs for 
30, 35 years, you know. I want to do something new every few years. Like, I want a new adventure. Even now with Driftly. Like, I probably won't be doing Driftly for 10 years. You know, I, I, I always think, like, change is a necessary part of growth. And so I usually lean into it. And so I think that, that that's something that I guess I'm always, I'm always thinking about and have kind of come to, to peace with. So I still love WordPress. I love open source technology. I still think the same about the technology. I think it's, if more of the web was running on open source, that would be great. I think that's like the ideal world, but I also have this new adventure I want to go on. And so I'm kind of diving into this, you know, SaaS community and not just productized services like WP Buffs, not just a business model but let's go full into technology. So There's an yeah. energy that's spent in the creation process and that is exciting. It's an energy, it's motivating, it, it is inertia, it keeps you going, keeps you moving. And much, I don't know if you experience this as well, like I, I do love public presentations, public speaking, things like that. <clears throat> Takes an Im- immense amount of energy, I'm excited, I'm nervous, it's all of this stuff rolled into one and then when the, the talk is done, I'm spent. I just gave out all of this energy to this thing and I don't, like, I'm done, man. I'll see you at the bar, we'll have a beer, but I'm not performing for you anymore. <laughs> like, I just gave it all. I think that's the thing that, and I'm, I'm not gonna put words in your mouth so you can tell me yes or no, but I feel the same way when I'm building, let's say, a new podcast or a new kind of service product idea. Like, it's so fun and exhilarating to get all the way up until, employee number 20 (laughs) and then you're like oh god like this is not for me anymore and that energy just starts to go away fair feeling for you i think that's fair i think i when i when when we were you know company of five people i was really excited to grow and to hire more people i like the idea of a big team in theory i like i like the idea of having a lot of people like relying on like a company I built for, you know, their salary. And that, that to me, in theory, was a really cool idea. And getting a ton of people to come and work on something really cool together and build something that none of them could have built themselves, that's a cool idea in theory. Like leading a team and managing a team and like leading and managing a leadership team, in theory, was a really cool idea. And so I was always kind of pushing WP Buffs in that direction because theoretically, I was like, 50 people sounds cool. Like, 50 people is more than 25 people. So, like, psh, that, you know, that's, you know, double the, like, cool stuff we can do. And as you grow, you get more, you know, you drive more revenue, which allows you to, like, fund other cool projects. Once you, like, grow and scale to a certain point, like, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do. But I was using that word theory pretty liberally because I think in practice... It turned it's like out ten percent more fun um, stuff you can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we could do. We did a lot of cool experiments and made a lot of cool bets. That was those are fun things to work on. But like, I wasn't working on a lot of them. And I, I think I, I think even if I had been working on them, I don't know how invested I would have been because that journey was kind of coming to its natural close. So yeah, I think the. I don't think like growing a team or not growing a team is right or wrong. I just think that was one adventure and now I'm on another adventure. And Jacob Vi and have I before again before we started started this together, we were really and and full transparency is my technical co founder. He, you know, built this all and was looking for a marketing co founder and hey, you know, the things just kinda went from there. But we've talked ad nausea about we're gonna do you know, we wanna keep that that's that small team. Keep it as small as possible. You know, we don't wanna 
manage. We don't want to hire. We want to build cool things and, you know, be involved in this community. And that's fun for us at, at this point in our lives. Who knows what'll happen in five years? Maybe he'll want to go get some VC funding and, you know, I'll, you know, want to do something, you know, get out of technology entirely. Who knows? But for now, like that's our, our focus is staying as lean as possible. How at peace are you with the connection of WP buffs to your personal identity? So hold that in one side, hold that in one thought. How, how at peace are you with the connection of WP buffs to Joe Howard and compare that to feeling accomplished at closing a chapter, right? It's closing this chapter of WP buffs. I guess not fully because you still own it. You're still majority owner, but you're not running it any anymore day to day. <clears throat> Some, someone else is along with another team. How at peace are you with with that? Did you ever feel conflicted because WP buffs was a part of you and who you were? Or did you never think that way? And side note, I think that way with 99.9% .9 of the stuff that I do. So it's very difficult for me uh, yeah. to help frame that for you. I, that's an interesting juxtaposition. I think, you know, some of the stuff you work on, your product also has your name in it. It's like the Matt Report. So like it's kind of connected to you if someone else maybe could run it. But what is it be called the Matt Report? Do you have to, I guess, get a new domain? What does that look like? So that's maybe a different connection. But I felt that connection pretty heavily I'd say four or five, four, maybe three or four years ago, I felt that very strongly. You know, people would come up to WordCamps and be like, Joe Buff. I'd be like, not my last name, but <laughs> I don't know if you're making a joke or what's going on. But so it like kind of really was a central part of my, of who I was. And when you start something like that, put your blood, sweat and tears into it, you know, you're, you're working on it all the time. Like your hobbies become your company you know i didn't have hobbies like i was building this business like it took a lot of work and it was all consuming as as a good thing i think like, i look back to those early days and they still make me smile that was a ton of fun you know big challenges but it was fun so it becomes like your baby you know but i think as that journey again kind of reached towards its natural ending i did become at peace with you know wp buff separating from from me i think I think a lot of that reason actually was because it had to happen. I think early on, like I was like kind of the de facto, like chief marketing officer, you know, I was a CEO, but like I was doing all the SEO. I was doing a lot of the content. I was, you know, managing growth. And so I was on podcasts like this, you know, I was, you know, you saw my face in YouTube videos, you know, people really connected me with WP buffs and over the past, you know, two or three years, like Nick and I have actually been been working had been working pretty hard to make wp buffs its standalone thing and to separate my name a little bit from that brand because like when you think about like big big brands like most of them don't have a connection to the to the person and if they do it's because that person really enjoys running them and is that's their thing but wp buffs has grew into its own company and beyond me in some points which i think is a good thing so towards you know when it was time for me to leave i felt very at peace with wp buffs continuing to have its own life you know i'm still involved you know i talk to nick we text all the time you know he'll text me about x y and z and i'm like i don't care do what you want because he always knows the right things to do so but we you know we touch base personally and it's 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 not something it's it's like most things it's like time you know 
water ran over that stone enough that it's it's smooth. It's not sharp anymore. And yeah. it, ha- it, it makes me happy to know that WP Buffs is its own company in its own, yeah. you know. It makes me think like I built something. I helped to build something that, you know, who knows how long WP Buffs will be around, you know. Thousand years? Like, <laughs> probably not. But, you know, it's that started at zero. Yeah. And that's amazing. And it's still something that could be sold. It's still in your life. It still could be sold. And we could be having a different conversation on what finality looks like for that series. There's chapters and books and series. Sure. What does, Do you have any thoughts? I, and, I, and we, I promise we, we will get to Driftly. This is a fantastic conversation. I want to talk about Driftly. Oh, uh, Driftly.app. <laughs> but can you talk about finality? What? finality for for you or for somebody listening to this that finality is an okay outcome because i think again even me i look at yeah. that report having finality at some point and i am okay with it like i'm, mm-hmm. I'm old enough and been doing this long enough now where if it ended i actually would be okay with mm-hmm. it <laughs> and a lot of people i think are just so attached to it that they yeah. just see it going at infinity and it just yeah. it just can't yeah I don't know if there was a question there. It's sort of like a statement. And I don't, no, know, if any, for, I don't know if you have any Adding context to the, our conversation is good enough. I think the, sure, the, you know, the, the idea, hmm, let me start with my transition because I think one, the one thing that was maybe I was making me the most nervous about the transition of Nick into CEO and me kind of eventually like transitioning out of the company and eventually, you know, really out of the company entirely was like, will I get closure? Will I feel, will it be weird to have this company that I'm the majority owner of, but not really be involved and not have that closure? And so that was on my mind as that transition was happening. But you know what really made me not worry about it was the conversations I had with Nick and the and the work history I had with Nick and knowing that he was going to take over. I, I didn't, I, it like... Everything, the fact that he was being taken over CEO, like literally made every concern feel like it melted away because I knew he was going to do a good job. I knew he was going to, you know, put his, 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 you know, strongest foot forward. I knew he was going to put maximum effort into this endeavor. And sure, was he going to make mistakes? Yeah, everybody makes mistakes though. Like I just talked about a bunch of mistakes I made. So I think that he, I was, I was excited by the fact that he was taking over and that made me think whether I feel with full closure or it's kind of this partial closure thing, like Nick, you know, quelled my fears in terms of if that even mattered. I think in other situations, it may have been different. Like if I, if if Nick had not been around, I may not be the majority owner of WP Buffs anymore. I think that's probably fair to say. You would have found a buyer, you would have brought it to a marketplace or a broker. I think so. I think so. I don't, you know, honestly, I've every, you know, few months over the past two years, I've thought a little bit about it. And if it's, is it time, you know, with, you know, the last two years and this pandemic coming around in the past year, like acquisitions have been crazy. I don't need to speak to that ad nauseum. People listening to this probably have seen, you know, post status, posting all these acquisitions, 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 because a lot of people saw this really great growth over the, you know, that year and a half, two year period. So it's a great time to sell. Look at my last year of numbers. Look at my last year of profits. Like time to, you know, it's a, it's a local max, you know, let's sell now. So yeah, I thought about it because we had good years too, but I didn't think 
I, I although I felt like my chapter was coming to a close with WP Buffs, it, it felt like WP Buffs still had more to give. Still has more to do. And so, sure, who knows what'll happen in the future? Maybe, you know, two years from now, we'll be talking now and, you know, someone else will be the majority owner of the company. I don't know that. I have no plans and nor have I been reaching out to any buyers at this point and nor do I plan to. But I'm always open to having conversations, you know. I've had, you know, financial people take a look at our numbers and uh, and give me an idea of where we're at in terms of value of the company. I'll say that much, you know. I want to know. I want to know that information. It's important information for me to know. And so, sure, I have some data and some information about that and it's been on my mind, but it's not something I'm proactively uh, reaching out f- to people at this time. Last couple of questions about <clears throat> the WP Buffs a legacy that you've built. First one, how do you operate, uh, let's say, goal-wise or KPI-wise, OKR-wise, whatever technical term you want to throw at it? Do you even operate with a goal for Nick and the company in the position that you're in now? Or are you totally hands-off like, hey, man, whatever happens, happens? I'm pretty hands-off. I don't, uh, honestly, I don't. I think maybe that goes back to that closure question, which is kind of feels like closure, even though the business isn't sold, you know, it's not totally out of my hands, but it feels like closure because I really am not very involved anymore. And that looks like, you know, Nick has financial incentives for, you know, growth of the company, for other KPIs at the company, uh, but I don't require him to report things to me every, like, month or three months because we talk so much and we've worked together for years now i really have that much trust in him so yeah i you know we talk about stuff we were just texting i think the other day about okay we like our marketing costs cut this much and our sales are up by this much so like the next you know few months are going to look really good for us and like great you know i get that text and that's a check-in that's fine and we do have a cfo that works with us he's not like cfo just of our company he's like a part-time cfo but he's been working with us for years and is like a real teammate and so there's there's enough people in leadership where there's like redundancies that it's not just people in leadership that i trust but it's like it's built in trust because there's two or three people working on the finances so there's you know i think that like naturally builds in you know redundancies in terms of you know what people are working on stuff so yeah that's in general what it looks like but you know i've i've leaned into letting go i think because i had to because when i like one of the challenges when i was ceo was i would lean into areas that i like shouldn't be playing in or didn't need to be playing in or like people didn't need me like i was doing too much and so i've leaned in the other direction and i had to really learn to do that you know i've worked with coaches multiple coaches to get to where I am. So that was another part I didn't really talk about. But during that transition, I was working with two coaches like pretty regularly in order to make that transition happen well and to help myself through that process to do less, to do more, to, you know, a lot of things I was addressing. And that was really helpful as well. So yeah, I think for that, that's why I kind of leaned out of like micromanaging. Nick deserves his own platform and his own, he's a CEO. And I, I'm not going to make some, you know, I'm not going to say you're the CEO, but I'm still going like, to manage you. No, you're the CEO. Like you literally, you run the business and if you need me, I'm here. But if not, you know, peace. Did you have to institute, and this will be the last question of WP Buffs. Hey, get a plan of wpbuffs.com slash plans for 79 bucks a month. <laughs> it's still a business, <laughs> baby. They still want to sell some support. Did you have That's to institute right. a traditional board of directors 
for, for something like this to happen. Somebody's in the audience listening to this right now. They're thinking, hey, I too have built a business that I can kind of step away from, yeah. get a little breathing room, maybe go golfing for three months down in Florida. Did you have to institute a board of directors to kind of keep things even keel, if you will? I wish I was good at, good at golf. I'm. <laughs> there's a lot of golf courses around here. I haven't been to a single one. I didn't. I didn't do any board of director stuff. Anything that sounds even like remotely like official like that, my warning signs are already up. So I know the idea of that is cool and like, sure, it adds like advisors to be able to, but now I'm feeling like we're getting into the VC world and Fortune and I'm like, I just really want things to be simple. Don't yeah. need people emailing me like <laughs> right. to ask me about, that's a whole, it opens up, sure there are pros to it, but to me, like the negatives are <laughs> enough that I wouldn't want to deal with that you know my whole philosophy is really about like being minimalist as minimalist as possible as being like a minimalist business owner as possible and like reducing redundancies and just like reducing the amount of total stress there is you know i want to try and run a com com companies and board of directors just sounds like it's gonna add another layer of bureaucracy or something so we didn't do that you know i was like simple nick's the right fit Hey, Nick, do you want to do this? Oh my God, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Okay, three-month transition plan. Three more months maybe to, for me to work on some stuff and kind of fully transition <clears> out. And that, that was it. I don't think it's a bad idea to have a board of directors. I Honestly, it's everybody's got to make the decision that's best for them, you know? And sure, maybe it would have had pros, but no, not for there's, us. There's time. a line in a, a kid's movie, Boss Baby. Yeah, and and boss babies like this parody of like corporate world, corporate America, and that's right. they say something like, "We have to go see the board of directors," and the baby says, "Boring directors." It's, yes, that's exactly what this is all about. Nope. Driftly dot app, Driftly dot app. Use no code. And keep describing course. Driftly. My computer's <laughs> gonna run out of battery kind of soon, so I'm gonna yeah. switch. I'm gonna run inside because I want to make sure I don't disconnect from you. So no but problem. Keep talking. Driftly dot app. Use no code product tours to nudge users towards that wow moment. Guide your customers toward the most impactful areas of your software. They breeze through onboarding, adopt core features, become lifelong power users. This sounds like something that like every single, not only WordPress product needs, but obviously any kind of like homegrown SaaS product, bootstrap product needs. Get the customers to sign up get them going into the right features and product products features that you have so that they convert so that they stay customers longer not your idea this is something that your new partner built and then he looked for uh, a partner to help That's run right. it yep so it's kind of you know it goes into also this kind of transition I made in not really doing anything professionally so for the past six months I've been kind of chilling taking a little little hiatus and and starting to figure out what's next but i like to let those things happen organically and the way this all came about was folks here listening may know indie hackers indie hackers community it's an online community of like mostly bootstrapped startups but you know some accept small funding you know a few accept big ones but it's more kind of like revenue generated uh, revenue revenue strapped companies so they have a like group there around people searching for Partners, like Partner Up, I think is what it's called. And I peruse it every once in a while because I want to get some ideas and see if there are any opportunities there. And most of them are not good fits. I'd say like 80% of the ones I see there, like I'm immediately like, probably not a good fit. But Jacob posted about this Drifly app he was building and it really piqued my interest. I think mostly because everything was really 
seemed put together already. Like I went to the website and I was like, oh, this is a good website. And I was like, oh, this is also a well-written like little post. So it was giving me good vibes, you know? And what happened after that? We touched base on Twitter. We were chatting a little bit there. We exchanged WhatsApp numbers. We talked a little bit there. We had a call. He walked me through the tech tech and we talked mostly about in all these conversations we were just talking like getting to know each other and like what we're into and what kind of companies we want to build and getting like slowly getting a feel for each other. I don't know if there's an official way to meet a co-founder. You know, it's kind of hard because Jacob and I had never met before. He's in Israel. I'm an East Coast, you know, US. What do we have in common? Let's find out, you know. So finding out if we actually want to run a business together for the next, what, like two, three, four, five years. And also just see if we're just like compatible human beings. And turns out we work really well together. Async is no problem. And his technology is excellent. The technology is excellent. And he's like a wizard. I'm like, we should have this feature. And then the next day we have the feature. I'm like, how do we have that feature ready? Like you built that? He's like, yeah, I put it together. And it's like, wow. Like I just tweeted, I think like it was either today or yesterday, like having a like amazing technical co-founder is the best asset a non-technical co-founder can have. And I'm talking about Jacob in that, but I'm also kind of talking about Nick. So the, uh, yeah. And then we, you know, came to terms. We did one thing I did want to mention because I think people probably interested in like how this all came to fruition was we did like officially say, let's try this out for 30 days. Let's work on this for 30 days together and see what happens. And we had not talked about percentages or ownership or anything like that. And I was totally fine with that. Like it's worth, you know, a few weeks to see if I to one, to see if I want to work with this guy, and two, to see, do I have the fuel to do this again? That was one of the big questions I have. I just did this. Am I sure I want to do it? And two weeks in, I like felt that energy again. You know, I was like thinking about the company all the time. I was like, well, what about X, Y, and Z? We had one day I was working, I forgot to shower, which is kind of a funny thing, but it's, I, I so know myself, I know when I'm like, deep on, into man. something, I know. She's like, what is that smell? I remember, but I, but it is one of those things that is like a signifier. Like I'm like a little bit too obsessed with this thing, but that's a good thing. And so, yeah, before 30 days were even up, I think we were working together like three weeks and we we're like, all right, let's just make this official. And so we hammered out, you know, ownership percentages, investing, and you know, those sound like official things, but it's really just two of us, you know, but just to make sure we have, you know, something official in place. And then, yeah, we're working, actually working right now just to get that hammered out, like fully in a contract so we don't have to worry about it anymore. So we're working on that right now, but by next week, that should be hammered out. And not, to, not to put you on the spot, go, so. not to put you on the spot or hold you legally accountable, but was there a resource you turned to, to negotiate those terms? Did you just turn to a lawyer and say, do this, or have you just pen paper and, and look, we'll see where it goes, but we'll just write it down ourselves for now. This is, that's a good question. So we have a legal team at WP Buffs. So I have contact with lawyers there. So I just asked them for a template contract. I didn't need them to write up anything official. We need a template to be able to just plug our own stuff into and just, it's really just ownership percentages and vesting period. And that's really all that is required. So that's the route we went, but it I just asked them for a template. Like I didn't have them, you know, spend <laughs> three hours at, you know, $400 an hour to put together a contract. That's a, actually a pretty basic thing. Nor do I think most people need to. I would say if people are doing this and you're thinking about this, like I'd probably do a little bit more than just have a document. Like I'd have some sort of officially legally binding, it, like it should be legally binding. So 
you can go on like legal zoom and probably find something and you should probably like docusign it like you should have some it's you should be able to officially have signed something like you shouldn't just be able to like, type your name in a word doc and be like i signed it because that's not not legally binding so or maybe that's not the right terminology it's not it wouldn't stand up in a court of law like you signed this well who typed that i don't know so not that that should be what matters but i think just just you know you don't have to worry about it you know do you want to be thinking about is that do I actually own 40% of this or do I actually own 10% of it or do I actually own zero because is this even a contract? So yeah, there you go. Now to put you on the spot. Okay. Now I, I didn't want to put you on the spot. Now, now I want spot. to put you oh on the gosh. spot. Uh, Driftly <laughs> says use no code product tours to nudge users towards that wow moment. So effectively your tool yep. is laid on top of, let's say someone else's SaaS based tool, let's say Castos, for example, or maybe WP Buffs dashboard or something like that when a user logs in. One would say, why not just have the team that already built that product build what Driftly does, but they just do it natively. What's the sales pitch? Yeah, we tried, we, we are, we have and continue to make Driftly look and feel like it is built natively into the SaaS platforms where it's used. So customizability, customizing colors. You have an editor. You can do you know bolding, italicize. You can change the um, radius on the bubbles of tours that come up. A lot of different customizations to make it feel native. Because we did get feedback from customers that if it looks like it's a third-party tool, some people don't like that. Like some people really want it to feel like part of the experience as they probably should you know onboarding is an important experience new feature adoption is important for these customers our target audience may not be all indie hackers we started thinking like we want to work with indie hackers no indie makers small SaaS businesses and we got feedback from some people that are like i would probably build this myself as is valid the way we're trying to combat that is we have a lot of other kind of sub features with segmentation or targeting. So you can target, you know, free users on the seventh day of their free trial, you know, with a certain tour or people only on screens this wide. So that customization of being able to do that, as well as like things like analytics so that people can see, are your tours even doing well? If you're going to build in your own tour, like, sure, you can do that. But like, how do you know the tour is working well? How many clicks you're getting? How many, how do you know how far people are getting in the tour? Well, you could also just use Driftly, right? And then you have all that data right in your dashboard. The the other, like maybe even bigger reason why we're pretty convinced that this isn't an issue for us is because there are other competitors out there that are similar companies to Driftly that do like product tours and checklists and hotspots and NPS scores and a lot of this stuff. And a lot of them some of them have big funding. Intercom has tours, you know, they've got what, $400 million of funding, but they have a tour, you know, product tour product. There are a few others that have 30, $40 million of funding. So there's a, like, that's to me, that validates the space. The fact that there's other companies that are not that funding dictates a market or dictates success, but it does suggest that there's a big enough market that like, someone gave this company $40 million to do something with, they probably did the research. And three or four companies like that, like, like I could probably put a bet that one or two of those three or four did the research, probably all four. So the market's there. And that's actually the same thing I did with WP Buffs. I didn't do any analysis of the market before I started. I saw, you know, Maintain. I saw Valet. I saw WP Sitecare. And I was like, cool. 
Markets validated. People pay for this. Let's go. So sure, some people may want to build their own tours into their uh, own software. And if you want to do that, like, great, you should. But there's enough of a market out there of people uh, who maybe even are a little bigger than an indie maker who run a company that does $50,000 MRR or $100,000 monthly current revenue. And so they say, we just want to like pay for this tool so that we can, you know, increase our free user, free trial to paid user base, you know, 20% or so we can just make onboarding better for people. Or we just think we have this new feature that like no one's using. Okay. Go pay a hundred bucks a month for that. Now people are adopting it. Good. I paid for that. I, I, I solved that problem by paying for it, which is as someone with experience running a larger company, we did that a lot. You know, we have this challenge, you know, we like to figure stuff out on our own, but if there's a solution out there that's plug and play and can help us, like we can use that too. Yeah. Uh, and we have no problem swiping <laughs> our credit card for it. So there yeah, you go. I think from the, not to give the, the, the founding marketer advice on his own product, but I need as much. I need as much advice as I can get. I'm in feedback mode, so <laughs> <laughs> you're figuring it all out again. I think one of the biggest things, yeah. you know, for me when I see a tool like this, as somebody again with a day job at Casos, and we're always looking at rolling out these features. It's not about you know, hey, should we just do this natively? Of course, the answer is always yes. It's, it's better if it's native. But you look at the time it takes, let's say, the engineering team to build a tool like this, which is largely going to be used by the marketing team the success team, right? Those folks, they don't want to wait for the development team or the engineering team to get this into their pipeline. And certainly, if they want to make adjustments to it now, all you have is the age-old conundrum of the marketing team asking the engineering team mm -hmm. to do something. <laughs> and that never works. Please build this. Right? We There's, don't have time. Sorry. We don't have time. <laughs> I got to do a GitHub request. Like, you want me to pull request uh -huh. something to get this to happen? I don't right. even know what you're talking about, man. I just want to change the fonts on the pop-up or, or yep. the verbiage on the pop-up. So a tool like this yep. uh, you're putting into the hands of other departments to have control over this experiment that they want to do and that's very powerful yeah and i of think course, you're i think you're spot on on that yeah i think and all our, your sub features I, I was, our oh. ideal yeah sorry <laughs> sorry i i was gonna say that i think you're right our ideal customers or ideal contacts at companies are like on the product team on the success team and on the support team product because they want to make the product better success because they want to make customers and users successful support because they want to reduce the amount of support overall they're doing. And this is a proactive way to do that. We just launched Teams on Driftly last week. So you can invite your whole team as well so that we can get, if, if it helps attract larger customer bases, right? Because a single founder, founders in there too, obviously. But if you're just a founder, you know, create an account today. But the if you have a team, well, how am I going to use this? I, you know, I want to get some other people in here looking at analytics or building tours and well, now you can. So, but I totally agree with you, Matt. I think the, the target who were, who were targeting in terms of building it or not is exactly that. It's like people who want this, but they, they like, sure, building it natively may in the long run be ideal, but I have, you talked about KPIs earlier, you know, someone on the customer success team is like, I got this KPI of improving my, you know, customer retention and life, increasing lifetime value for my customers like this quarter, you know, I, I'm just going to go grab this tool. Can I have credit card number? Sure. So that, I think that's totally right. Yeah.
It's fantastic stuff. Look, I've, I've had you here for nearly an hour. It's the longest Matt Report episode in years, quite literally. I think it's been a fantastic... We could do another couple. ...conversation. <laughs> you have... what I'm Here's what I'm interested in now. I think everyone who I've been dipping into no code a lot in this crowd. There's definitely folks out there who, well, there's plenty of people who have their own like homegrown SaaS stuff, bootstrap SaaS stuff listening to this. So Drifly.app, fantastic tool. In fact, I'm going to take a look at it for Castos because there's a lot of things in here that I think that we could benefit from. But, you know, you're coming out of this sort of transition period. You're, you know, mentally, emotionally, it seems like you're in a happy place <laughs> with obviously for for good reason for all of the success that you've had with WP buffs and obviously it continues to to run and you're still a part of it though you're not running it day to day now you have driftly you have what you said is not a future product but you have this thing called paternal for dads a paid discord group for dads with a whole bunch of other things what's going to what's yeah. <laughs> what's the goal what's the goal for you for the next year with what i feel like is a lot of weight off of your shoulders What's the goal for Joe over the next year? When I when I committed myself to Driftly, I knew I was going to be, you know, putting time into it and putting effort into it. And I'm not going to lie, I was enjoying my, like, semi-retired life. You know, I read, like, the whole, like, Expanse, you know, novella in, like, a few months, you know. It's this big sci-fi series and some now an Amazon show. So I was like deep into that kind of stuff and I was really enjoying kind of a relaxed life and now I'm working on Driftly and putting hours in and enjoying myself and I'm finding that that enjoyment is not necessarily too different I don't feel like uh, it doesn't feel too much like work it feels it's just kind of fun it feels fun and I think that I think maybe part of that is I still have you know some like financial backing from WP Buffs right so I'm not building Driftly with any financial pressure. So I can have fun with it. But I think that's my biggest goal for the next year is to continue to enjoy my life and to continue to have fun with it and to continue to like in that search, I think, for for meaning, which I think I found more in Driftly, you know. I really put this out on Twitter the other day, but I feel like often my hobby is like my startup. Like my hobby is, you know, it's nice to have other hobbies, but like mine just often, like I always come back, you know, I was doing like keyword research, you know, last night, you know, instead of watching a Netflix show, you know, so I wanted to just like work on this. And so I think I want to keep that passion and I want to, yeah, grow something again and I'd do it differently this time. You know, I want to go on a different journey than I did with WP Buffs. I love growth. I like the idea of growing a like big company, but it doesn't mean we need a million people on the team. It doesn't mean anything. I can define it how I want to. So I think there's that, but there's also like my life is about to change a little bit because we, people know I've been traveling a little bit over the past, you know, year and a half. We've been in Mexico. I'm on, down in Florida right now for the winter and going to be headed back to DC next month, actually. And we bought a new house and uh, we are headed back there. And uh, so I think just re into like the cycling back into like my DC, Maryland life and continuing to because we've been traveling over the past you know little while it's been like like exciting you know and now am i gonna just be a dad at home with kids you know it's like you get it it's like a normal part of life you know and so i want to i'm pretty focused on doing that because i think i'm ready but combining that with what i was talking about before like keeping 
the passion in my life, keeping that excitement of, you know, the things I'm working on and feeling positive about and continuing to discover. So I just talked about a lot of stuff, but that's all that's kind of in my head right now. So there you go. Success is not just that single piece of art. It's the collection of artwork that you've created over time. And that artwork, you know, is WP Buffs. It's the paternal project, even though it's not even like a, a thing that you're, you know, really trying to monetize. It's Driftly. It's whatever comes next, you know, that you can look back and reflect on and say, this is everything I've done. Measure me on the success of all of this and not just this one individual thing. Hell, don't, don't even measure me on just the business stuff. Measure me on what I've done. Uh, in life and for my children. Fair statement. Yeah. And I'll mention just about the paternal.life thing. It is, it's a paid Discord community for dads. So it's just, I was a dad. I had questions like, I just want to get us all together in one place and chat. If people just like DM me on Twitter uh, and I'll hit you up with 100% free discount code. You know, the, the, I just want, I want good, good folks in there. I'll, I want more people I can ask questions to as, you know, Mo's getting older. So. Fantastic stuff. Joe, this is an amazing conversation. Thanks for being so open and for talking about it. Wishing you nothing but this, but success moving forward with everything else that you're doing. Where do you want folks to go to say thanks? I am more active on Twitter these days. I, this he is. is so funny it's amazing. I can ask this question a hundred times on <laughs> podcasts or whatever I've been doing, but uh, I almost never say, uh, maybe I say Twitter, but I always add the caveat, like I'm not really active there. So like, you can hit me up, but who knows if I'll respond. I'm on Twitter now, like actually, at least for the foreseeable future. So I'm just at Joseph H. Hold on. Did I change my Twitter handle? This is no, hilarious. I'm like, what's my Twitter handle again? Is it just Joseph H. Howard? It is. Joseph H. Howard. Um, feel free to check out. Just shoot me a uh, DM on Twitter. I'm always happy to chat. Yeah. Like you said, Driftly is just a Driftly.app. I think you probably can't Google it yet. Our SEO is not like super strong yet. So just head right to the website. You don't need to Google anything. And yeah, paternal.life is the domain, the website for paternal, the Discord community that redirects right to a LaunchPass page. So it'll go to a launchpass.com forward slash domains, just a landing page that I have easily set up right now to handle all that infrastructure. So yeah, feel free to check any of that out. Fantastic stuff. Everyone else, mariport.com, mariport.com slash subscribe, join the mailing list, become a member, buymeacoffee.com slash mariport. We'll see you in the next episode.